0: hello and welcome to the gmhba healthier together podcast series this series has been developed to assist you to master your health and well-being health is too hard when you try to go it alone and we know that together We are healthier. Today on the show, we'll be discussing nutrition tips, tricks, and tools to be healthy every day with Melinda Bald. Mel has a Bachelor of Human Movement, a postgrad in sports management, and a Bachelor in Nutritional Medicine, alongside years of experience working in public health and one-on-one with clients. Mel is the Health and Nutrition Coordinator at GMHBA, where she develops programs and educational resources to support members and community with their health journey. Mel, welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast.
1: Thanks, Simon.
0: Mel, firstly, there's a lot of talk about macros. Can you explain what these actually are?
1: Yeah, so well, macro means large, so they're the large nutrients that make up all foods. So all foods are composed of macronutrients, and these are the protein, carbohydrate, and fat. Your protein is more for your building and repair, And this is required for organ and tissue structure and function, so obviously very important. You've got animal-based protein, which is things like your red and white meats, your fish, your dairy, your eggs. But then you also have plant proteins, so things like legumes, nuts um, and dairy as well. Um, the animal proteins are more complete in terms of the number of amino acids in them. So sometimes you'll talk about uh, you'll hear people talk about complete proteins or incomplete proteins and the animal ones are more complete, but that's not saying you can't make up you know a complete meal with plant based proteins you can you just need to mix them up a bit then you've got your carbohydrates so these are more your energy type foods so things like grains fruits vegetables your simple sugar things like um, honey maple syrup etc and these are basically fall into two categories which are known as complex or simple and that's based on whether they're quick release energy or slower release energy so things like a starchy root vegetable is a slower release energy and that falls into that more complex carb category and they're the ones that we tend to preference when we're talking about a healthy diet Um, and fats are used for energy and cell growth Um, they're also anti-inflammatory when they're a good fat they can be inflammatory if they're bad fats and they're really important for the nervous system the brain and the cells so things like in terms of healthy fats we're talking about oily fish, uh, extra virgin olive oil, your nuts and seeds and avocado. And then there's the other fats, which are more found in your processed foods. And they're the ones that we want to try and avoid.
0: So in that case, what would a healthy balanced meal look like? What's the the best combination of these?
1: With a healthy balanced meal, you want to have a mix of all of those three macronutrients in them. So it's just about the proportions is where people often play around with it. But you'd you'd often start off with some protein and you're trying to get, um a, you know, some protein in every meal that you have because that's really going to help balance out your um, blood sugar levels and keep you full for longer. Then you'll add some carbohydrates. So ideally you're looking for a low glycemic index carbohydrate, which means that it's going to take longer to absorb into your bloodstream. So it won't give you that sugar high, I guess. Um, And then you're going to add in some healthy fats. So things like extra virgin olive oil or some avocado or some, um, you know, your your protein actually might be tuna, which is also going to give you the healthy fats as well. So your healthy balanced meal has got a combination of those three macronutrients in them. And then sometimes people will play around with how much you have of each of those things as well.
0: So, what are your favourite examples that you give people to illustrate what that looks like? On yeah, the plate?
1: yeah. So normally I'd say start off with around about a palm size portion of protein for your meal. So that might be whether that's a piece of chicken or some tuna or some salmon or something like that. Then add in um, about a quarter of your of your plate being some good carbohydrates. So that could be some sweet potato because that's a nice, you know, good slow-release carbohydrate, and then probably about half your plate being some leafy greens or some vegetables, other vegetables, because you want to get that colour on the plate as well. And then that's going to be a nice balanced meal, and you might top that off. You know, your salad might have some dressing with extra virgin olive oil for the healthy fats, and if not, you might put some avocado or something like that in it, just so that you've got all of those components onto the one plate.
0: So how does the balance of that matter in terms of energy and health?
1: Yeah. So if you had too much of the carbohydrates, then that's going to give you too much um, of that quick energy. So it's not going to, it's going to push your blood sugar levels up higher than what you're wanting it and not keep you nice and even. If you didn't, if you left the protein off, for example, so sometimes people will make a salad, but they won't put any protein in it. It'll just be, you know, all your um, salad veggies. And then that can make you hungry again, like an hour, two hours later. And that's why, because you haven't, got the protein there to balance out your blood sugar levels so it's really important that you do get that mix of foods just to keep you full for longer and stop I guess you getting hangry you know quickly later on.
0: Depending on what you've got on for the day whether you're sedentary or you've got a lot of activity should you be changing the macronutrient amounts based on what you've got on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, often people don't change what they eat. They kind of eat the same thing day in, day out. But I definitely recommend that if people are doing something like a high intensity, you know, exercise session, then they should be looking at making sure they've got a good dose of carbohydrates um, in their meal, you know, straight after an exercise session. And if they've got a rest day, then they're not going to have as many carbohydrates because that energy is not being burned up. So it's definitely useful to think about what you you've got on for the day and how you're going to actually, what I call, fuel your day going forwards so that you can make sure that you've got that, you know, the energy you need and you're fueling yourself properly.
0: What about snacks? Should we be eating these to keep up our energy through the day?
1: Yeah, it depends. Unfortunately, a fair bit of nutrition is around whether it, um, you know, who the person is in front of you. But as a general rule, um, if if you haven't got blood sugar issues, uh, which, you know, if somebody's got blood sugar issues, if they've got diabetes or something like that, they might be needing the snacks just to try and keep their blood sugar levels up throughout the day. But if you've got a general person then um, and they're eating proper meals, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and their proper balanced meals, they've got your protein, carbohydrate and fat in fat and good quantities, then theoretically you shouldn't get hungry between meals and you should be able to last for the full time. Sometimes that's not possible because somebody might be extra, you know, sporty or doing a lot of physical activity and that's where a snack can be very useful. So, yeah, it sort of depends, but it depends on the activity and how people are feeling. Um, but as a general rule, you should be able to get away with it But if you're active, then a snack can be very useful.
0: So, for those active people, what's the best snack?
1: Yeah, so you'd be looking for something with protein in it. I think a lot of snacks are kind of very carbohydrate heavy, but you want to make sure that there's some protein in there. So, if somebody, for example, is having a piece of fruit, I'll get them to add in a handful of nuts because that's going to give you a bit of protein as well as some healthy fats as well. And it just helps to sustain you for a bit longer. If, you know, you're having some yogurt, then you might want to add some berries to it. So, the berries will give you a bit of carbohydrate a bit of sort of, you know, fruit sugar as well as that healthy fat and some protein too. So it just gives you a bit more out of the snack rather than just having the carbohydrate.
0: What about food preparation? I've heard a lot of people talk about this. What does it entail and how important is it for us?
1: So food prep's pretty much where people might pre-chop veggies or get things ready for the week ahead. So for example, a lot of people might food prep their lunches and that can be as simple as cooking a really big dinner Sunday night. And some of those things you can use for, you know, the next few days for your lunches and pop those into containers. It also might be roasting up a big tray of vegetables. That's what I often like to do on a Sunday is roast up a really big tray of, you know, mixed root vegetables and then that's a great base to put with your salads um, and then your bit of protein as well for food prep. It just makes things easier going through the week if you've done a bit of that prep work in advance. Another thing that Um, is really helpful is if you pre-chop some some vegetables into things like um, sticks like for example you know some carrot sticks celery sticks um, cucumber some capsicum and then have that ready in a container they keep pretty well and then that's really good just to snack on if you're kind of starting to feel a bit hungry you can have those with a bit of hummus or something like that so just being ready for those hunger attacks I guess is the main thing.
0: And for those weeks that are more hectic, do you have any tips?
1: Yeah, so food prep doesn't have to be hard. Like, often people think, I just don't have time to food prep. Most people are time poor. There's some great things that you can get now convenience-wise in the supermarket. For example, there's bags of salad that are already pretty much pre-chopped. So... One of my, I guess, more recent favourites is the kale slaw. I'm not particularly a big fan of kale, but (laughs) once it's, uh, most nutritionists would probably disagree, but I'm not really that big a fan. But because it's very finely chopped up and it's combined with things like um, celery and um, radish and things like that, it's nice, crunchy. It's really easy to grab out of the bag and throw a handful of that um, with some salad leaves. And then you can pop in, um, there's some pouches now that have got tuna in them tuna and mixed beans you can get ones that are just you know chickpeas so there's lots of different pouches or little tins of things you can get in the supermarket and just have those on hand as well Um, and then you could top it up off with some nuts and seeds and things like that too just to make it nice and balanced so there's lots of great convenience things you can get now in the supermarket to have on hand to make meal prepping a bit easier too.
0: In terms of meal planning How do you go about it and and what are some good tips and tricks for for people when they're Going shopping and and planning a week's worth of food?
1: Normally, I'd say the best day to do it, I find, is on a Sunday. So looking what you've got on for the week, because every week's different. You know, most weeks will have some commonalities, but it depends. You know, you might look at your schedule and think, okay, that night I'm going to be home later from work because I've got a bit on. So I need a quick dinner to cook for that night. So that night might be something like a pan-fried salmon because it's nice and quick and I can throw some salad with that. So it's planning out what meals you think you want to cook for that week ahead, and it stops you then having to keep going to the supermarket, which can be problematic, particularly when you're shopping and you're hungry. (laughs) Um, I think everyone's had that problem before. but it also means that you can look across your week if you're planning and think about, okay, one night I've had you know some red meat, one night I've had some chicken, one night I've had some fish, I might throw in another fish dish and a vegetarian meal in there. So you can really think about the nutrients in terms of the types of protein you're getting across the week and just making sure you're getting a good span of different types of foods as well.
0: And so what about the quality of the food? How might this influence our energy?
1: So the quality in terms of the freshness and how vibrant it is uh, can affect the nutrients in the food and that's going to in turn affect your energy. So the more nutrients, the more energy you're going to have because it's more vital. But that's not saying that it has to always be bought fresh. There's some great um, frozen, you know, vegetables which are still snap frozen or frozen, you know, early from picking so they've still got they've done research and shown that they've still got some good nutrients in them so I'd say don't shy away from that if that's you know something that you need to use for a convenience point of view but um, you know shopping at local farmers markets or the local grocer store you're going to get more freshness than um, sort of you know getting something that's been sitting around for a long time that sometimes they do in the supermarkets Um, and that's going to impact your energy levels as well in terms of the vitality of the food.
0: And what about diversity? What what do we mean by this in terms of what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, so diversity is, I guess, when I was talking before about looking at your meal plan, is thinking about the range of foods you're getting throughout your week. So if you're sort of finding that you're always having chicken or you're always having the same vegetables every week, you're not going to get much diversity out of your food. And it's really important because the more types of foods you eat, the more types of nutrients you're going to get and whole nutrients coming through your diet. So it is really important to mix it up. And I guess, um, unless you've kind of done that planning and thought about what you're going to have, you're probably sticking to the same thing. So the diversity is important. Um, It's also going to be really helpful for your gut bacteria. So your gut bacteria um, thrive off different different foods. And by having a diverse diet, you're helping to feed those gut bacteria in terms of all the different types of things they like. And then that plays into your health as well.
0: Let's talk about high sugar foods. How do they affect our energy?
1: So anything with high sugar or like refined carbohydrates, so things like white bread or you know, cakes and pastries as well, they go straight into our bloodstream because of the um, quick-release energy, and they'll pick us up and give us some energy quickly, but then we'll also get dumped back down again pretty quickly as well. So often that's kind of where you hear people talking about, oh, gee, I feel really good, but then all of a sudden you have a big crash, and that's why is because of those high-energy foods are just moving through your body too fast and through your system too fast. And so they don't give you that sustained energy.
0: And what about water? So you've got a lot of drinks have... Sugar in them, and if you're not drinking enough water,
1: yeah. So water, I mean, sixty percent of your body is water, so you need to be having enough water in your day to to have that energy. Um, and and a sugary drink can't replace water. You know, other forms of drinks can't replace water. So you need the to be still drinking water throughout the day to be able to make sure you've got energy as well for all those cells in your body to be functioning properly. Otherwise, they can't function properly you know, you could be doing the best diet in the world, but if you're not drinking enough water, you're still going to have problems with energy. So it's really important to make sure you're drinking enough water throughout the day.
0: And how much is enough? What what should we be aiming at?
1: Yeah, normally, as an average, around two litres a day is, is what you should be aiming for. So again, it depends on your physical activity levels. If you're doing exercise, then you need to be bumping that up. And particularly if it's hot weather, you need to be bumping that up. But around two litres is what I'd be saying most people should be aiming for.
0: And what about alcohol? What's the ways that this affects us?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, alcohol um, has a number of actions on the body, but in terms of energy, I guess the main thing is that if you have a, they've done research showing that if you have a glass, even just one glass of alcohol at night, it does affect your sleep quality. So anything that's affecting your sleep quality is going to mean you wake up and you're just a little bit behind the eight ball that day. So it's going to affect your energy. So even though people might say, oh, I'm fine, I can drink, you know, have a drink and I still sleep okay. it actually does have an impact on your quality. You just might not realize it. And then that's going to flow onto your energy levels as well.
0: And then in the morning I wake up and I drink coffee to boost my energy. So what's coffee doing to me?
1: Yeah, so coffee just picks you up straight away. It yeah. raises that cortisol level, which is like a stress hormone. It sort of picks you, and that's why it gives you that buzz and that pickup. Um, and, you know, I guess with coffee, it's just thinking about how you're using it. Are you using it to sort of wake you up in the morning? And if that's the case, then it's like, what else is going on here? Why are you needing the coffee to wake you up? You know, you should be having a good quality sleep and you should be able to get up. Um, You know, whether you do some exercise and then have some breakfast and then have your coffee, but don't sort of use it as an initial thing first thing in the morning. If you are, then I'd be saying, okay, what else is going on that's, you know, causing these issues here?
0: Okay. So considering everything that you've said, and I'm assuming that you never make any mistakes with your (laughs) diet, um, can you you take us through um, your day on a plate or... I suppose, your best day on a plate, if you like. Yeah,
1: of course. And thanks for saying the best day, Simon, because, (laughs) of course, no one's perfect and I definitely don't purport to be perfect in terms of everything. But um, I guess if I'm, uh, you know, looking at an ideal day, then I'd be starting, um, depending whether I've done exercise in the morning or not, Uh, I always go for a walk, but depending if I do some high-intensity exercise, I'll be looking for something a little bit more carbohydrate-heavy. So I might go for a porridge with some um, nuts or some ground flax seeds on top with a bit of yogurt and some – normally I go for almond milk and – That's, you know, breakfast as a high carbohydrate. If I've been doing a weight training session, then I'll go for something a little bit more protein heavy. So I'll look at some eggs on toast, like a couple of poached eggs on some good whole grain toast with a piece of avocado. And that sort of gives me some healthy fats as well as the protein and the carbohydrate there, thinking about that balance. Um, I'm someone that finds that I do need to have a a snack mid-morning because I do not sort of have the energy to go right through because I do train a fair bit Um, so often I'll make a homemade bliss ball and just have those on hand and that's about that food prep I guess is having those on hand in the fridge to take with me and then often a coffee as well and lunchtime is normally some sort of meal prepped um, thing that I've had maybe on a Sunday night so often if I've pre-cooked some chicken roasted some veggies and then throw that in with some salad leaves and that's got a good balance of the protein carbon fat there Um, afternoon I'll have some fruit and maybe some yogurt um, or some nuts and then dinner is a variety of things so you know I'll always make sure I have some oily fish once a week or twice a week some chicken you know maybe a stir fry maybe a tofu stir fry something like that and you know that balance that out with some brown rice as well if I've done the training at night so yeah it varies but just always trying to think about that balance and just thinking where's my protein where's my carbohydrate and where's my healthy fats in the meal.
0: Okay I'm really hungry now.
1: (laughs) Sorry I I get to talk about food a lot so can you imagine my life.
0: (laughs) So if people want to find out more information on healthy eating, what are some resources that you'd recommend?
1: Yeah, so the GMHBA website, which is gmhba.com.au. If you go to the Healthier Together tab, there's a resource section there where we've got lots of recipes and articles and things like that where you can find out a bit more about healthy eating. There's also some podcasts. The podcast list is all there, so there's some more ones on healthy eating there. The Better Health Channel is really good. Also the Eat for Health website. They're sort of my top recommendations.
0: Mel Bald, thank you very much for joining us on the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast series.
1: Thanks, Simon. No problems. It's a new dawn in health insurance because GMHBA are partnering with AIA Vitality to encourage us to be healthier by rewarding healthy choices. Join GMHBA V Plus with AIA Vitality to earn real rewards for health checks, exercising, even eating well. Changing how you think about health insurance for life. GMHBA and AIA Vitality. Healthier together.